Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello, and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Peter, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How about yourself? I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited. You have a fantastic guest on the show. You're going to be talking about I do. stewardship uh, with Reverend Jolie Olivetti, and that she's a minister at the Unitarian Church of Sharon. Is that correct? That is exactly true. All right. Yeah. And you're talking about stewardship, and, and and this is a topic that you've covered before on episodes 29 and 73, and I know that this concept is incredibly important to you. It is. And, you know, I think the first thing to, that I like to do is just think about what, how do you define stewardship? And, and you know, I just, I, if you just look it up on the, an online dictionary, uh, it's pretty clear, it, you know, and I'll just read it. it. It's the conducting, supervising, or managing of something, especially the careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. And, and I think about that definition so, so it, it just rings true to me that, that, that as a steward, it's just that being a, being a steward is, is a real core value for me personally. And, and I, you know, I think I owe it to, to myself and to the people I love and to, and to my community to, to make the world a, a bit better. Um, and that to me, that's all about stewardship, being a steward. You know, making it better for for my kids, make it better for for the, the 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 small community I live in, which, in my my opinion, kind of it's like that pebble that you throw out into a uh, into the pond, the ripples. You know, if you do something for your community, I think you're doing something for the world. Um, and boy, right right now, I think we need a, we need to do a lot of that. Yeah. So you know, I think it gives me comfort and it gives me a purpose that that's beyond myself. So. You know, these are the things I think about when I when I when I think about stewardship. It, 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 you know, I think a- anyone who's got resources or not it, it is really a steward. And those of us that are privileged to have resources, I think, take on a, a lot of responsibility. That's just this is, again my personal opinion, and it's what it's it's a core belief I have. And, and those of us with less resources are still important stewards. They 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 just have to do it in different ways. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And I'm really excited to hear what your guest has to say about this topic. Can you introduce Reverend Jolie Olivetti to our listeners? Yeah, uh, so I'm so ex- excited to have Jolie on the podcast. I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I and I I just, just decided to ask her, um, and she so graciously agreed to do it. Jolie is my is our minister at our at our con- in our congregation, the Unitarian Church of Sharon, and uh, she's wonderful. And I- I'm excited that that we get to share today. And it's actually a conversation that that Jolie and I have had. I- I'm that's right. The chair of the stewardship committee at, at our congregation, and uh, so we've had this conversation with not just Jolie and myself, but with other congregants. So it's um, it's something that that is important to both of us. So, so Jolie, welcome to the podcast. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I'd like to just start off with, with you know, our guests t- telling us about their journey. How, how did you, how did you become our minister and, and a minister? Mm-hmm. Great. I would love to share that story with you. Um, about 10 years ago, a little more than that now, I was working as an urban farmer. So um, every day I was there in Dorchester, which is a neighborhood of Boston, um, growing vegetables, working with volunteers, working with neighborhood residents, and also working with residents at a homeless shelter. So the, the farm, it's still there. It's called Revision Urban Farm, and it's connected with a shelter called Revision Family Home. It's transitional housing for homeless families and their children. So it was, a, it, was a, it was a wonderful job and I loved it. I loved spending all that time outside. I loved getting to know the neighborhood. I loved um, trying and sometimes failing to grow vegetables. Don't we and all? What's that? I said, don't we all? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's humbling work. So uh, while I was working there, Um, I was also learning something about myself. So I am a white person from a middle-class background and I grew up in a suburb of Washington, DC. And I was, uh, I grew up Unitarian Universalist and I had values instilled in me by my family, by my church that talked about um, the inherent worth and dignity of every person. And yet there was in my day-to-day life, um, because of systemic forces at work in our culture, you know, I I went to school with people across race and class. Um, I even lived, you know, not too far away from people across race and class. But like, who were my best friends? Whose whose houses would I go over for sleepover parties? Who was it that went to my church? It was mostly just other kids like me, other white kids, other middle-class kids, kids with wealth and class privilege. So it wasn't really until I was an adult that I recognized that there was a disconnect, a disconnect between what we said we believed about all of humanity and what I actually had the chance to practice in my day-to-day life. Who did I actually get to form relationships with? Um, And the way that this played out for me, and I think the way it can play out for a lot of us um, who are kind of on the the, the, the center side of the marginalized, right? Those of us who have these kinds of privileges and resources, like kind of like what you were hinting at before, um, is that we often don't even know. We don't even recognize the way that we've internalized messages um, about who deserves and and who needs our help. (laughs) So, um, you know, there on the farm, I was I was I was filled with this sense of of a mission that I as if I were there to save the people of Dorchester, which is a low income working class community, a lot of families of color, a lot of immigrants. And I had because of the media, because of the stories I've been told my whole life and because of the lack of like, you know, bosom buddy relationships across race and class, I had um 
I had come to form this unconscious picture of the neighborhood of Dorchester as a dangerous place, as a place in need of my white savior, right? My white saviorhood, right? So, you know, it just it made it a little awkward for me that I would I would have these gaffes. I would have these moments of feeling really like a fish out of water. And I really thought I was there to save the neighborhood one bunch of carrots at a time. And so the, the process of just working in that community and getting to know the, the regular human beings, just like you and me, um, you know, it's it's really it pains me that it was a revelation. It's kind of like a big problem <laughs> that I had to realize that Dorchester is just another neighborhood. It has challenges, absolutely. And it's also filled with vitality and people who care about their community. And so I came to understand myself, or, you know, understand my work was to not think of myself as, as the savior of Dorchester, but rather a partner in our shared stewardship of um, the community of Dorchester through, you know, the project that we were doing there, um, urban farming. So I, you know, I, <laughs> I checked in with you before this, uh, before our podcast, Peter, because I knew once I started talking about this, I was going to go on in like 10, 20, 15, you know, minutes later, I would still be talking about my journey to ministry. So I'll skip ahead a little bit, but that's some, <laughs> you know, some way of starting to understand how I, my frame, how I understand my own my identity and like my positionality in our world with its socioeconomic forces um, is actually a lot of it has to do with um, un uprooting the sense of myself as like the noble, no, what's that word? Noble, noblesse oblige. I, you know what I'm talking about? I do, but I'm not sure if that's exactly it. It's not exactly it, but if somebody's listening, they can, they can look it up and they can yep. tell you what the, we, what the expression we, is, but basically like the, 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 you know, those of us who have the means, it is our obligation to, in this sort of like paternalistic or almost colonialist way, uh, you know, bestow upon our, 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 our uh, generosity uh, from a great height, right? And that's not what we mean when we say stewardship. And that's not what our Unitarian Universalist faith calls us to do. We understand ourselves as part of an interdependent web of all existence. Um, and so it's, it's actually, you know, my, uh, my thriving is tied up in the thriving of everyone I'm connected to, everyone in my community and everyone in the community that's next door to my community. Um, so uh, I was having all these big, big thoughts and big processes while I was working on the farm there. And, and I also, like I hinted at before, I found farming to be physically quite difficult. It was, it was hard work. So I started, um, I, I got a lot of heat exhaustion. So I started looking for a, a new career path and I really wanted to follow this, to follow my heart, follow this, um, this sense I had of, of wanting to be part of making the world a better place, not as somebody with, you know, not, not wielding my power to do so, but actually joining humbly in the work alongside everyone else who's trying to do that. So that led you to um, to 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 study and to become a minister. I said that's right. Yep, I went yeah. to divinity school. I did uh, various internships, including um, 
at, you know, a Unitarian congregation. And um, I also worked as a hospital chaplain. Um, And then um, I started looking for a church who was looking for a minister. And lo and behold, there was a church who was looking for a minister. Um, And so in 2019 is when I came on as your um, as your minister and as as the other the other your, your fellow congregants. And it's just it's been such a joy. Great. Well, I, I so I so appreciate and value um, your journey, and uh, I, I think our listeners will too. It's just a, it, it's a great, it's a great awakening story. Like, and we all we all have it. Mm-hmm. It's and we I hope we all have it. <laughs> it's <laughs> it, to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things that when I think about um, stewardship for the and the work that, that that I do as a financial advisor, a financial quest, a financial planner, um, to me it's very related. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 I relate it in 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 the three questions that we're always trying to ask our our, our clients, mm-hmm. or and really the questions that they're asking us, which is, you know, are are we okay? So the clients are working with a financial advisor, financial planner, because they want to know if they're financially okay to meet their objectives. Mm-hmm. So that's the first question that we're trying to resolve. And then the, the next question is, is our family okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it, because they want to make sure their kids, their, their grandkids, their, their, their loved ones are, are taken care of in the way that they want them to be taken care of. Many of our clients, but not all, then ask that question about our community. Is our community mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't ask, I, I frankly want to bring that to their attention because it's something that uh, people do want to, they, they want to be concerned about their community, but they don't know how to go about it. Mm-hmm. And so we ask that, I ask that question. And, and again, as I said, some of our clients are asking, Jesus, now that I'm okay, now that my family's okay, what can I do for mm-hmm. the greater community? Um, so that's our, that's my approach to to financial planning. It's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We start off with the individual, then move to the family, and then 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 the community. Um, how how do you think these questions re- relate to stewardship? It's similar to what I was um, referencing before about our our seventh principle as Unitarian Universalists, um, which is which calls us to respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. So in the, those three questions, I mean, in in your world as a financial planner, it's, it's going to be a little different than in my world as a, I don't know, practicing theologian or something something like that, Um, which is, you know, am I okay? Is my family okay? Is my community okay? I, I think those three questions are inseparable from one another. Um, so, and that relates to stewardship in that the care that we take for our family, ourselves, our family, and our community are, are all interrelated. And, um, you know, we, uh, have a myth of individualism in our culture, um, which has some, there, there are some, um, positive, some plus sides to, you know, the, the, the rugged individualism of American society. I think that unfortunately there's a lot of downsides to it, a lot of alienation and a lot of uh, lack of concern for the communal. 
um, comes from, from the fact that people maybe only ask the first of those three questions without really um, thinking about the other two. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Um, I, I, I try, I try um, in, in our, in our relationships with our clients to, to make sure that they've been thoughtful about all three of these, these questions, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just, I'm thinking of, you know, as we're s- establishing um, retirement accounts to make sure the mm-hmm. beneficiary designations are, are taken care of to make sure that if, if they've got assets to pass on to the next generation, they do it appropriately, whether that's mm-hmm. directly to their children uh, or, or th- via a trust where, mm-hmm. where there could be some protections there. And then ultimately if they've, if they're leaving X, X amount of dollars or other assets, uh, you know, should they include uh, uh, charities to, mm-hmm. that they're, they're interested in? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think these, these really are interrelated. And, mm-hmm. and to me, they're all part of, of this responsibility and stewardship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it strikes me one other thing. I, I wonder whether something that comes up in your conversations is how do people's values impact the decisions that they make about their money? Um, that I think, you know, values-based financial planning is probably, I mean, it's certainly not my area of expertise, but um, I think that's also part of stewardship, I think, is, you know, in what ha- to what extent is it possible for, you know, the decisions I make about my money to be aligned with my values? It, it is, to me, it's vital. Uh, that's a, an important conversation that we we attempt to have. Not everyone is is frankly as interested in 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 diving into that values conversation because it can be hard mm-hmm. um and, and it, it can bring up a lot of uh issues that are 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 hard for families and mm-hmm. and for individuals but it's it's i think it's very important and they are to me inextricable you know mm-hmm. you 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 really need to think about what what's core to you uh mm-hmm. as an individual uh and to your and what you want for your family Mm-hmm. Um, Julie, from a, from a religious perspective, how how does your faith tradition deal with stewardship? You know, mm-hmm. just in just in general, from your perspective. Mm-hmm. At the risk of repeating myself, uh, I again uh, call to mind our seventh principle. So, you know, Unitarian Universalism is a non dogmatic faith tradition. So for any of your listeners who may have never heard of it before, uh, you are not alone. Um, We are a small but mighty uh, faith movement with roots in Christianity. So both Unitarianism and Universalism used to be denominations of Christianity, but um, uh, depending on how you look at the history and how you count it, have not been Christian for a hundred years or more. Anyway, so who are we now? We are um, a, a, a covenantal faith tradition. So that means that um, to be a Unitarian Universalist um, is to be a member of a Unitarian Universalist congregation who and our, the members of our congregations are not asked to um, swear to any particular belief system. Um, in fact, if we asked our members to do that, uh, we wouldn't be a, 
welcomed into the Unitarian Universalist Association. That is one of the requirements of membership to Unitarian Universalist Association, which is our association of congregations, is that we have no test for membership. Um, and so we are all on this journey, this search for truth and meaning together um, in our congregations. And um, we have atheists and theists and agnostics and panentheists, which are people who believe that God is in everything. Um, we have all of these people and more in our pews sitting side by side, you know, um, hopefully, ideally growing one another's souls by the fact that we have uh, such a pluralistic um, uh, community. So, the question is, what is, you know, what is Unitarian Universalism? Um, what in Unitarian Universalism calls us to be stewards, I think is what I, I heard your question to mean. And one of it is, you know, we have these seven principles that we um, have been in place since about the mid 80s. And they were different before that. And they were different before that. So it's kind of a living document. But the, the ones we have right now, um, the one of them on the list is uh, is this idea that we are interdependent. So um, that is that is an important um, part of Unitarian Universalism's call to stewardship. And then I think another thing is this thing that I was talking about about being part of a covenantal community. That you know we we think of our our faith as being about deeds, not creeds. So that it's it's about what we do that makes us Unitarian Universalists. And one of the things that we do is that we um, take care of our church and we take care of our community. So that, you know, with your work on the stewardship committee, Peter, you know, is it's a particular kind of stewardship that's actually about the stewardship of the church. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's a concept that applies beyond um, beyond the church. It's the, sa the same kind of care and concern that we have for our church community, and we show it with our money, and we show it with our volunteer work, and we show it with all the ways that we that we support the community of our church. It can, there, that can be kind of echoed out um, in any of the ways that we care for the communities that we're a part of, that we care for the institutions that we care about, that we care for the earth itself. Yeah, I, I just, I, I think it's, and every faith has its, has its uh, tradition relative mm -hmm. to stewardship. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I know you, you've been involved with uh, a, a, an interfaith clergy association in, in mm -hmm. Sharon, which mm -hmm. is where, where I live mm -hmm. and where our church is located. Um, and, and Sharon's, a, 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 I would consider a really diverse religious community, not necessarily economically or so uh, economically mm -hmm. diverse, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it is diverse uh, from a religious perspective. Do, 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 what's your sense about Mm -hmm. other faith traditions and how, how they talk about stewardship. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, there are um, many different houses of worship in Sharon. And I'm, I so enjoy being part of that um, clergy association. One of the biggest mosques in New England is in Sharon. We have something like seven synagogues in town. There are Christian churches, um, uh, both Protestant and Catholic, and more. Um, and what you say is is absolutely true that different faith traditions have um, you know different ways of understanding you know what 
what is the source of their call to be stewards. Um, but they're there, they're present um, across face, that there's traditions both of caring for the community itself, the, the, you know, the congregation, the religious organization itself, and also traditions of charity and alms and um, care for the communities beyond um, the different houses of worship. It shows up in the Christian tradition, in the Muslim tradition, in the um, Jewish tradition, um, in the Buddhist tradition. There are just, yeah. In, in many, many religions of the world, we can find this concept of stewardship. Yeah, I, I thought, I th- that, that, and that's why I asked the question, because I think it's important that our listeners understand that it's, 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 it's just part of a, a religious community, part of a, um, any community, mm-hmm. any organization uh, has to deal with stewardship in a way, because we're mm-hmm. all dealing with things that are important to, to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, uh, go it ahead. might be interesting for your, you know, f- whether your listeners for, for your listeners who are a part of a particular religious tradition, if they're not already familiar with the way, um, you know, your, your religion talks about this kind of a concept, it might be interesting for them to look into it. And for your listeners who, who aren't a part of any particular religious tradition to look, look into how does it show up in their, in their lives? Yeah. I think that's a, uh, that's, that's fantastic. I, I, I hope, I hope people do that. <laughs> um, you know, it, stewardship, you know, thinking about financial resources, it's not just about keeping the lights on in your synagogue or your church or your home or wherever. It's, it's, it's much broader than that. And to me, if you have to start with defining objectives and goals and working towards a, co- a common interest and common values. That's what you, your earlier question is, is you know, from yeah, how, how does stewardship relate to your core values? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think also part of that is getting buy-in from other constituents that you are affiliated with or associated with, whether it's family members or within your community. Mm. Uh, can, can you comment on that? Getting buy-in, like in other words, w- um, how do we get people excited about stewardship? Well, thinking about core values. So getting uh-huh. so that if we were talking about being stewards of a of a community or a family, even having the people that are involved in that in, in that organization or that family really being on the same page when it comes to their values mm-hmm. and what they want to achieve and what their goals are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that sounds very important. Sort of makes me think of how rare and yet important it is for us to articulate our shared values um, in you know whatever whether it's our in our workplaces or just you know the way you just described. There's a lot of different kind of ways to um, group <laughs> civil society. And um, depending on how you slice it, it's it's I don't know how common it is for um, for people to try to come together and say, yeah, this is what we believe in as a workplace. This is what we believe in as a neighborhood association. This is what we believe in as a um, you know what what the other ways that people come together, <laughs> a pickleball uh, league. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I think that to the extent that people do have these kinds of conversations about values, that can certainly help to encourage a culture of caretaking. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yeah, you know, to to me, um, a steward stewards are 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 leaders within their family and and within their community, hmm. and, and you know, I know when we're talking to our our our, our clients, we want to get at that those core values. You know, what are you trying to achieve, and when are you trying to achieve it? Hmm. Um, and I think a community does the same thing. And I'm just, you know, one of the things that that that, that I think strengthens uh, a family and a community is that they have their they've defined what they want. Mm. And, 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 you know, I'm just uh, one of the things that we experienced as a community is um, uh, recently we sat together over, uh, over lunch as a a group of us and talked about, um, you know, where we see ourselves going Mm -hmm. as a community. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's all part of being a steward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds, yeah, the, the, I would think of what you're talking about as, um, as vision that we certainly want our visions to be guided by our values, but that when we, when we can articulate a shared vision, that, that, that is also a part of being stewards is that we sort of have a a direction that we want to head in and, and we know it's going to take the participation, everybody's participation and help to get there. Um, it makes me think of a hymn we sang in church last week that we are going heaven knows where we are going but we know within that we we are we are trying to craft our our way forward together and i like the way you say that as that's part of stewardship is that like caring about where we're headed i i, I think it's so important uh, and you know that get back to why I thought this was an important subject because, you know, when we're talking to families and business owners about planning, it's not just about money. It goes well mm-hmm. beyond that. And that's, that's the message that I, 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 I wanted to, um, uh, to bring out today frankly, mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. our, in our conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's so important to, to, recognize that it's not just about money because not everybody has a lot of money. Um, I was just having a conversation with somebody recently who was talking about how um, people without wealth also well, you, you, you also opened the the podcast by making this point that we, we all can contribute regardless of our means. And then actually, you know, the time that I spent um, working at the farm, um, you know, which was associated with a homeless shelter, these are families who had like really minimal income and like so many demands on their time. And yet were some of the most generous people, um, you know, that I and my like middle-class upbringing had ever encountered, like constantly offering to share some of the food that they had made um, with me and with one another, you know, always like happy to help out with, you know, watch each other's kids or anyway, I just, um, I think it's important, especially for, for someone like me who lives in a, you know, something of a 
middle class or class privileged bubble to recognize that it's um, stewardship isn't just about it's not just philanthropy of the wealthy. It's about all of us contributing in all the ways that we can. It's such a wonderful message, and I I really appreciate you saying it like that as well. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Jolie. Well, Reverend Olivetti, I've got to say that that really put a bow on one of the things that I wrote down from this conversation, which was, if if I wrote it down correctly, the interdependent web of all existence. Mm -hmm. That was very powerful to me. And what struck me Mm -hmm. was really how being a thoughtful steward means you're living in the present, in the moment. But at the same time, you're you're thinking about the future and thinking about mm-hmm. what the world could be and really moving toward that vision. And Peter, I know that that's mm-hmm. why you wanted to bring this subject up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's right, Eric. I think, you know, being being a, um, a steward means, you, you know, you, you have an obligation and responsibility to be a, a leader um, mm-hmm. and being present, you know, bringing people together, moving toward that shared vision and it then and then implementing a plan that's going to move your, your, yourself, your family and your community forward to, to a better world. Um, I just think we need more of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just, this has been so inspiring for me. So I, yeah. I really appreciate you spending time with us and, and, uh, and Eric, thanks. Thanks for, for, for being here and, and listening and, and uh, shepherding us through this podcast. I just sat back and listened to you guys. I and mean, that's all I do. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. It was great conversation, great information. Uh, I'm, I'm so glad that I got to meet your amazing guest today, Peter. I know that <laughs> this is something that a lot of people think about. And right now in today's environment, I think that there are two types of people, the ones that are thinking about this and how they can make it better for individuals all around them and their community. And then there's the ones that are maybe kind of trying to circle the wagons and kind of hold on to what they have because of the fear. Uh, but for mm-hmm. those that are more interested in, in being good stewards and, and seeing what they could do in their own personal life, uh, I know you've got a ton of resources. Can you give some contact information so people can reach out to you and, and see what they can do to impact them, their, their community, the people around them, uh, and also improve their family situation? Yeah, happy to do that. And and if if people are just w- want to continue this conversation, I love to I love to talk about this uh, th- this concept uh, of stewardship. So just call and talk to me about it. That's fine too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but people can reach me uh, probably best is via my website at raskinplanning.com. Um, our contact information is there, telephone number and email and all. So please don't hesitate to to reach reach out to us. Yeah. Again, Reverend Olivetti, thank you so much for being here. And of course, Peter, thank you for bringing her on the podcast and having her as a, an amazing guest. And our last thank you is to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp.
The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp., a broker-dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.